Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show, your source for the latest news and trends in the e-commerce industry. Featuring host Jason Retail Geek Goldberg, Chief Commerce Strategy Officer and Publicist, and Scott Wingo, CEO of Get Spiffy and co-founder of Channel Advisor. Here are Jason and Scott. Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show. This is episode 248 being recorded on Tuesday, December 2020. That's December 1st. I can't believe it's already December. I'm your host, Jason Retail Geek Goldberg. And as usual, I'm here with your co-host, Scott Wingo. Hey, Jason, and welcome back. Jason and Scott Show listeners. It's uh, the day after Cyber Monday. Jason's on his 10th venti latte, so he's a little jumpy. He's a little excited. This is a big day for him. This is where he really... Really earns his keep uh, over at that uh, big company he works for. Earns every letter of that title that he has there. Jason, it is after Cyber Monday, and we are here to help listeners dig into what happened with the Cyber 5, Turkey 5, or it seems like the hipster thing this year is BFCM. Not sure what that stands for, but that's what everyone's saying. To join us on the show and walk us through what they saw in their data is Rob Garf. He is the VP of Strategy and Insights of Retail and Consumer Goods at a little software company called Salesforce.com. Hey, Scott. Hey, Jason. Such a pleasure to be here. Happy, I guess, Cyber Week-ish, sort of, kind of. Happy holidays, anyways. Happy Giving Tuesday. There you go. Good call. (laughs) Scott always has to take the high road, doesn't he? I know. He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> it's awesome to have you on the show, Rob. Uh, part of me, I'm debating whether we should pretend that we haven't been talking all day already or not. Yeah, I don't know. How do you want to play that off? But uh, it's good to talk to you as always. And I assume what are we going to talk about today? I wonder. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know if there's anything going on in the industry. Uh, but before we jump into it, one of the things we always like to do on the show is give listeners a little bit of background about our guests. So can you give us the the recap about how you got into the digital commerce space and and what you do at Salesforce. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And again, thank you so much. Such a privilege to be on your show. And certainly during this crazy time of the holidays to be able to share some data, share some stories and, and get all of our perspectives. So as you mentioned, I head up our strategy and insights team for retail and consumer goods. I came to Salesforce by way of the Demandware acquisition, which is coming up on about five years, but been in and around retail for, gosh, quite some time, including a practitioner back in the day leading e-commerce for Lids. I then moved to the analyst world where I led retail for AMR Research, which got acquired by Gartner. And then prior to joining Demandware, I led retail strategy at IBM. So kind of sat on all sides of the table and It's kind of fun in my role now, I kind of put all the hats on that I've worn throughout the 20, 25 years. And certainly I can get into that when it's appropriate, but I have one of the coolest jobs just behind Jason um, in the industry. (laughs) Uh, I dispute that last point, but I feel like you've forgotten your most important qualification. You are also holder of a 10 out of 10 score on Rate My Room. Yeah, you know, that's right. And um, I take that with a lot of gratitude and humility because, uh, you know, what, I was struggling, as a lot of us have been for the last eight months to get the perfect rig and the perfect uh, background. 
and certainly outdone, by the way, by my 14-year-old, but I try to at least keep pace as best as I can and uh, pretty psyched to not only get rated, but did pretty darn well as well. Yeah, congrats on that. That's uh, that's awesome. The um, Let's dig into the data. Maybe we'll start at kind of the days. So this all kicks off with Thanksgiving and culminates in Cyber Monday. What what did you guys see um, either absolute value wise or growth wise through the five days? And how did that match up to kind of what you were thinking would happen? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's probably worth setting the context about how we get the data, because uh, I think that's important way to substantiate what I'm going to talk about. I'll still make a lot of stuff up. Don't get me wrong. No, I took that Jason's <laughs> line. That's Jason's line. I'm sorry. I stole that from you. We he spent, was supposed to ask you that and I dropped the ball. So he's, yeah, he's a hot mess over there. <laughs> there you go. But uh, no, but seriously. So uh, as I mentioned, really cool job in terms of my team's charter for staying out in the industry and understanding where the market is going. And we do that based on data. And much of that data actually comes from the commerce cloud platform because we're in the cloud. We are able to aggregate all the data that's flowing through the platforms in which we manage across the world. And we bubble that up. We obviously strip out all the personally identifiable information, but that that aggregate becomes the de facto standard of what's happening in retail. It's the amount of billions and billions of shoppers, every tap, every swipe, every click. And um, we get to report on that based on same site sales. So we look at it the same way that any retailer would look at their business. And so we do this all through the year with our shopping index, but of course it gets a lot of attention during the holiday. So that's that's my long preamble, Scott, uh, to answer your question around what did we see uh, over over Cyber 5, or actually we look at it slightly different. So I'll give you the growth, which will be somewhat the same, if you will, apples to apples to the Cyber 5, but we look at Cyber Week. So it's the Tuesday before Thanksgiving all the way through Cyber Monday. And what we saw was a really healthy Cyber Week, despite an earlier and earlier holiday Season. So globally, we saw a 36% year-over-year growth. And in the U.S., we saw a 29% year-over-year growth. That's actually pretty much in line with what we project for the entire holiday, which people say, gosh, that seems, or some people anyways, might, without any context, say, hmm, you know, given that we saw 55% year-over-year growth in Q3, and we saw 71% year-over-year growth in Q2, that seems like it's faded off or softened, but that's not that's not the case. I mean, we're dealing with a really large baseline, and we're dealing with growth that certainly we haven't seen during the holidays since, um, gosh, you know, for a long time, let's put it that way. Yeah, I think it's, I don't track the internet the international side and international is a big category, but, um, and I'm most familiar with the Amazon data, but they've shown international growing much less than the U S what do you, what do you think is causing that to kind of flip in your data? Yeah. Well, it's primarily due to two things. One is we're dealing with, you know, more than 40 countries across, you know, 10 or so different categories, the way we mm-hmm. 
slice it. So there are emerging countries in there that are still catching up. I mean, my conversations when it's not dealing with how do we move from scrappy to scale amidst this pandemic um, is around digital transformation. And some are still, believe it or not, around the world questioning whether it is important to go online and lean into that business. So part of it is the emerging countries, or at least the countries that are at a slower or lower base than the U.S. The second piece is um, we actually, you know, around the world have a lot of retailers in categories that haven't been as aggressive online, particularly, you know, the essential categories like grocery, mm -hmm. um, change rug, that sort of thing. And so we're seeing growth globally in those types of segments as well. Very cool. Um, did how did so you, you kind of think it met your expectations basically that it's kind of in line with what you guys were thinking? Yeah, so it did in Cyber Week. Um, we did see a softening in Cyber Monday. We saw in the globally 18% year over year growth and in the US 10%. But I guess maybe um, I shouldn't be or we shouldn't be as surprised because. The broader context of the holiday, and I referenced it a little bit ago, was we saw a pulling forward of demand that smoothed out sales, not just earlier in the week, but also earlier in the season. You know, our data shows based on our shopping index that for those retailers not named Amazon, they saw a 66% year over year growth on Prime Day. So those are a couple of sleepy days, ah, not so sleepy as the summer, but certainly days in October that you wouldn't see that surge. However, there was a halo effect. And, um, you know, to accentuate that point, the week before Cyber Week, so not last week, but the week prior as a total, we saw an 80% year-over-year -year growth highlighted yeah. by that Friday, which saw a 95% year-over-year growth. So retailers have been trying to drum up demand, right, since the beginning of October for various reasons, and it's working. So we saw that manifest itself. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Black Friday, Cyber Monday are still, along with Thanksgiving, so let's say those three are the three biggest days for online, but there's certainly been a smoothing out, which impacted Cyber Monday. Interesting. And and if I um kind of parsing the tweets between you and your team, I think if I look at it, uh, if I look at Black Friday in the US, uh, you guys are calling it as being bigger than Cyber Monday. And that, that's got to be a first time that's happened, I would imagine, right? That is a first time. Good. Look at yeah. you. Awesome. I'm psyched that you're tracking it that closely. You're exactly right. So it's the first time in the U.S., but the fourth year in a row globally. So there's definitely a leveling off. And, you know, we for this year in particular chalked it up to the slowing down the ratcheting back of traffic. What did you say, Jason, earlier today around 50 percent um, off of physical store traffic this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both um, Shopper Track that tracks in, uh, you know, footfalls in retail stores, and Verizon that secretly spies on all the Verizon customers, including Scott. I think 
mm-hmm. um, with geolocation services reported that they, they saw like about 50% of the, uh, the traffic they saw last year in retail stores. Yeah. So that certainly contributed to the growth in the U.S., right? I mean, people aren't lining up around the door for necessarily doorbusters this year. And so people turned digital. And that certainly played out over Black Friday. Just so you have the numbers, globally, we saw a 30% increase. In the US, we saw 23%. This is Black Friday. And that equated to, for global, 12.8 billion of online sales. And for the, uh, I'm sorry, for um, global, it was 62.8, excuse me. And for US, it was 12.8. Wow. Uh, one of the things that always surprises me is the Black Friday and Cyber Monday are a thing in, uh, internationally, like given that they're, they're, they're sort of originally tied to a U.S. centric holiday. I feel like Amazon and others have done a really good job of exporting that. They have, they have, it's starting to really condition the consumers. You know, it's something we look at really closely. I've been calling it discount chicken for quite some time, even going back to my analyst days, the idea that retailers have a steady drumbeat try to lure the consumers to buy earlier in the season. But, you know, we all have patience and we're all conditioned to waiting for those deeper discounts on Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Um, And that has really conditioned particularly European consumers to wait and retailers have played into that. So the dynamic has been translating, certainly internationally, for quite some time. Yeah, I, I fear that the um, promotion chicken is evolving into the boy who cried wolf because yeah. uniquely this year, um, we we had some very systemic reasons that we legitimately did want customers to buy early. Like most years we say we want customers to buy early because we're trying to steal the sales from each other. Um, but per your point, the discounts are going to keep getting deeper and deeper until we get to, to Cyber Monday. This year, we were desperately trying to avoid a, a spike on Cyber Monday because we're worried about shipping capacity and inventory levels and things like that. So we legitimately are telling all the customers, hey, this year you really should start your shopping early. And per your point, there was no reason consumers should believe us because we say that every year. Right, right, right. You know, you got to think, well, first of all, you know, Prime Day, because that to me marked the official start of the holiday and created a buzz, created this halo effect. But also, you know, the pandemic, right? There are three key reasons why consumers were actually compelled, unlike any time ever before, to actually complete the purchase. Many would browse, right? Like we see traffic increase significantly as we marched through the first, second, and third week of November, but the buy button really took hold during Cyber Week. But what happened, as I mentioned, really three things converging, right? First of all, consumers were feeling the strain of shipping issues in the spring. And so they sensed there will be an issue. Second, uh, they were worried about product availability. I don't know about you, but um, I was really psyched to get, I guess, Scott, you're not as worried about in North Carolina, but Jason, for you, some patio heaters um, just at the end of the summer because none of them are available now. And the third, you know, people are looking out for their health and safety. So it took a pandemic 
for consumers to actually purchase early. Because you're right, Jason, consumers are smart, consumers are patient, consumers recognize it is a bit of the, the boy who cried wolf. And, um, you know, retailers were kind of playing into that fear as well. We saw for the month of November um, of the top retailers in the state, 61% sent an email out that used the word shipping and had some sort of verbiage around delays or buy early. And over Cyber Week, we saw just in that week, 25% of the top retailers made it a key message in their email communications. Wow. So so my hypothesis is the retailers talking about it alone would not have been enough to pull sales in. Yeah. But I, I, my hypothesis is the reason sales got partly pulled in is because the media talked about it so much. And uh, I, uh, I don't know if this is well known or not, but, you know, Scott coined this phrase shipageddon and the today show turns out to be huge scott wingo fanboys apparently so they were talking about it every morning on the show um and i i i wonder if uh if that those media messages reinforcing the the retailer messages landed a little bit with consumers um but a question i'd be curious about if you have an opinion uh, so we have this unusual shape to the holiday this year right prime day happens in in uh, october Retailers are promoting earlier. The media is warning customer, uh, consumers that they should be shopping early. Um, and so all that seems to have worked. Uh, we, we sold more digitally earlier in the holiday than we normally do. And uh, while we grew on the, on the big marquee days, like the, the rate of increase slowed down. Um, so what happens next year? Like, does the shape go back to the traditional shape? Is that like per, a permanent change, a semi-permanent change? Do you have any, have you had any bandwidth to think about what next year looks like? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's a question we're getting a lot from our retail customers. Um, it's like, how do you predict the unpredictable? You know, what we're going to see as we're looking through it, and we're still crunching numbers and seeing how the holiday plays out. You know, the first thing to keep in mind is the pandemic didn't really take hold and there wasn't the declaration of a pandemic by the WHO until the second week of March. So, you know, we're going to anticipate January and February when you're anniversarying online sales to still see that that spike, right? It's just math. It's going to work that way. But, you know, what we see every holiday, and I know you can't equate the pandemic to the holiday, is Q4, particularly November, December, huge spike in traffic, huge spike in sales, and it creates a whole new baseline for digital shopping. And it doesn't snap back when you get into January, February, and March to pre-holiday levels. And so we don't anticipate that when we get into March, April, and May of this year, even with you know stores presumably fully being back online. And so are they going to grow at the 71% we saw in Q2 and the 55% we saw in Q3? Likely no. Actually, no. But <laughs> let me be declaring about that. But we are going to continue to see healthy growth. And, you know, I see it coming from at least two different areas. And Scott and Jason, I'd be interested in your perspective on this. One is net new digital shoppers, right? Uh, 
because that helped the growth over Cyber Week. Over Cyber Week, we saw a 22% growth in unique shoppers. That came off of a growth of 40% in Q1 and Q2. So for the first half of the year, we saw a 40% increase in unique shoppers. So these are people like my mother-in-law who would never buy groceries online because she'd want to go into the store, touch the produce, make sure it's fresh. But because of her pre-existing lung condition, she's not going back into the store. She's going to do it from the health and safety, uh, or at least comfort and safety of her of her home, right? And so that's not snapping back. And that's going to contribute to growth going into next year. The second area is there's a whole new set of categories that people wouldn't have ordinarily bought online. And candidly, retailers in those categories weren't investing heavily in selling online. Grocery is a great example. And you know this, Jason, we've talked about this a lot. You know, we saw it was Black Friday, just to throw out one day and one data point. We saw 112% increase year over year of online sales for food and beverage. I mean, it didn't even show up on the chart last year, right? And so it's growing and that's not going to go back. And that's not just gifting, you know, that's not just chocolates or fruit baskets. These are, you know, the staples that we ordinarily would go into the store, but are not. So I know that doesn't give you a number. Um, and I know I've been asked for that a lot and we're looking through it. But overall, from a macro perspective, set a new baseline, not going to snap back. Um, it's still going to be aggressive throughout the next year. It's great to hear um, that data on the unique shoppers. I think that that definitely bodes well for the future of digital. So it's exciting. And there's a, there's something I call zero friction addiction that until you have one of these zero friction experiences, you don't realize how addictive it is. And then, then going back just feels like you went back, you know, way, way further than you actually really went forward. If that makes sense. Yeah. Wait, was um, it's that like zero addiction <laughs> friction? Zero right? friction, zero friction addiction. Oh, perfect. Okay, I'm stealing yep. that. You better. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, ZFA, Rob. Uh, if you if you need to reinforce it, it'll be all over the Today Show tomorrow. Apparently, <laughs> yes. Hoda already texted it. I see it coming through right now. Oh, Hoda, yeah, she was over for Thanksgiving. Uh, anyway, the uh, it's like Jason. The first time he had the Starbucks mobile experience, it was such a game changer for it. Now, if it's ever down, he just pitches a total fit and starts throwing venti mugs against the wall and. He's like, I need my mobile app. Yeah. Well, we should look at his pantry. I have, you know, I'm not a betting person, but I'm guessing he has a stockpile. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's dig into some of the categories you saw. Were there any categories that stuck out as uh, winners we wouldn't expect? Obviously, you know, we're the pandemic's kind of creeping up on us again, and you're probably seeing some essentials there. But but any interesting categories that were either leaders or laggards? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and by the way, I'll put a pitch for my colleague who's the mastermind behind much of this data, Kayla Schwartz. You can look up on Twitter. She just posted a really cool um, depiction of this so you can see what it looks like. But as I mentioned, food and beverage, certainly. Um, and then, you know, outdoor, I would say anything that dealt with health and fun is really the themes that we saw. Right. So outdoor fared really well um, and health and beauty did pretty well also. And, you know, that's a little counterintuitive. People are thinking, oh, people aren't going out to business occasions or dinner or whatever else. But, you know, we're 
the blending of personal and professional lives come together at home and we're working digitally. People want to look half decent um, on their Zooms and certainly are making um, purchases for themselves and gifts in that category as well. Awesome. Rob, another segment, I guess, that's super interesting to me is mobile. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I, as you know, talk a lot about the mobile gap and, you know, this general premise that increasingly shoppers are using mobile devices, but the conversion rate on mobile devices is lower. Um, I'm curious if you guys looked at the mobile gap around holiday and like, did we continue to see mobile growing as a share of total traffic and is conversion getting any better? Yeah, great question. And it was interesting, by the way, for Thanksgiving, first of all, traffic was down overall quite a bit. Um, Sales were reasonable for sure, a little softer than we would have expected. Um, But actually, desktop was quite a winner uh, for traffic and for sales because uh, people were looking to that form factor and likely not, you know, at their aunt's, uncle's or parent's house. So they had the access to their own computer. But that was a little bit of anomaly as we looked at across Cyber Week. So what we found is that over Cyber Week, again, the way we look at it as Tuesday through Cyber Monday, mobile comprised 71% of traffic and 55% of orders. Uh, And when you look at desktop, we saw 26% of traffic and 41% of orders. So mobile is holding certainly steady, even increasing as it relates to traffic. But, you know, the stalwart of desktop is, uh, you know, still still healthy again at 41%. Um, So it's a Pretty interesting to see. Certainly, as an industry, we've gotten much better at, here we go, Scott, ready? Breaking down that friction so we get the zero friction addiction on the mobile device. I mean, really, uh, where it was or has been a really clunky experience, right, to order stuff online for quite some time, but it's getting easier. It's getting easier because of artificial intelligence and retailers serving up the right product above the fold. It's getting easier, certainly because of the advanced mobile payment options for sure as well. So that's that's contributing uh, to it as well. But what I will say on the conversion side, I mean, we're still seeing essentially double the effectiveness of conversion, meaning on desktop, meaning con- desktop is converting at a two times higher rate than mobile. So we still have a way to go. Very cool. Excellent use of zero friction addiction. I appreciate that. Um, the The next one is uh, going to be return again. So we'll talk about that December 26th. <laughs> um, the Do you guys have any insights into how promotional things were? Were our retailers having to, to give away the farm to get th- this growth or are they, they keeping pretty good on, on the margins? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. This was something we track and we have tracked year after year. And this year, we just saw a steady drumbeat. It progressively increased throughout Cyber Week, but nothing, nothing material. Um, you know, and I, 
accredit that to, and Jason, you and I have talked about this before, uh, we typically see an overreaction on Cyber Monday where that has the deepest discounts of not only the week, but of the season. But we didn't see that this, or not at least dramatically, this holiday. And part of it was retailers were trying to preserve some margin, as you referenced, Scott. Part of it was uh, retailers saw a really healthy demand and um, therefore were regulating product availability and didn't feel as much pressure as they have in the past. So yeah, don't get me wrong, we're seeing discount rates at the high 20s on average um, throughout the year, you know, holiday season, but it wasn't as dramatic as we've seen in the run-up to Cyber Monday as we've seen in past years. What I will say uh, though, actually, if I could add one thing quickly is the vehicle people are using for promotions is shifting, right? So we saw a healthy increase of email throughout Cyber Week, but we saw triple digit growth in SMS and push notifications, which of course is a combination of promotion and then hopefully providing some transparency around product availability and shipping status. And the other point I'll make, and then I'll be quiet, I promise, is that retailers are leaning into what we're calling the edge or where consumers are shopping on the edge in these third-party platforms like social, messaging, live streaming, even gaming. And so seeing deals pushed through that means and in some cases, even exclusive deals, trying to create this exclusivity, this scarcity, trying to drum up demand where consumers are getting inspiration and hanging out with their friends and family. Yeah, Rob, I, uh, like, are you guys seeing an actual uptick in the data in terms of uh, like traffic coming from those, those activities this year? We are, we are seeing an uptick. It's, it's not dramatic or at least dramatic as I would have expected or we've seen other parts, but traffic and orders around 10% are coming from social. And it's, you know, a material but not uh, significant growth year over year. But it's something that, you know, I'm talking to retailers about a lot and really advising them not to sleep on it. And again, it's really two angles here. One is thinking about how to use these, what I consider to be the next shopping malls where inspiration happens and therefore monetization happens um, to really push people to their websites, but also think about how they can push their brands to these properties. So we're not next year talking as much or we're at least next year talking equally as much about the traffic that's being generated as the orders that are happening actually embedded on these third party, you know, what essentially are emerging commerce platforms. Yeah, that that's super interesting. Cause I would I would remind people like traditional commerce experiences and you know, e-commerce sites 
really excel at that zero friction addiction, right? Like making it easy to get stuff. Um, but what, where we've been struggling is in the whole product discovery experiences. And so, you know, the, uh, if, if live streaming and these, these, you know, newest generation of social commerce experiences, um, you know, if they really catch on, they're, they're sort of the, the digital version of this product discovery. And you wouldn't necessarily expect that to be dominant over holiday, right? Like holiday people tend to know what they're looking for and, and they're, they're focused on the acquisition. So it would really be other times of the year when you might expect to see more heavy use of those discovery tools. That's a really good point, right? In the holiday time frame, we're a bit more surgical in terms of the gift giving, given the lists we have and the people we have to buy for. So that certainly can contribute to that because we have seen um, sizable growth other times of the year. Yeah. Well, listen, Rob, uh, that's fascinating. And that's actually going to be a great place to leave it because we have once again slightly exceeded our allotted time for this special friction-free addiction episode <laughs> of the show. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. If folks want to track uh, y'all, your, you and your team's pontifications on, on these topics, where should they go? Yeah, certainly. So we spun up a holiday insights hub. So I encourage the listeners to search for that. It is a real-time tracking of holiday insights. And it's built, by the way, on Tableau. So it's very visual, very intuitive. During the other times of year, uh, I encourage you to check out our shopping index on salesforce.com. And then, of course, feel free to follow me. I'm always tweeting the latest at retail Rob Garf, sharing our insights, our data, and for what it's worth, my perspective. Awesome, Rob. I will put a link to the the Holiday Hub uh, in the show notes because it's obviously the home screen for both Scott and I. And until next time, happy commercing. You've been listening to The Jason and Scott Show. For all the latest news and trends on e-commerce and shopper marketing, subscribe to us on iTunes or visit www.jasonandscott.com. 